Good morning. It's very, very exciting for me to be at Cornerstone. And I want to say that you have so many people in Uganda who love you so very much because you love them. Thank you for what you're doing in the lives of our people, in the lives of our children. Uh, you may not know this, but your church, uh, the body here, sponsors more than 500 children monthly to go to school. Thank you so very much. Uh, you have done so many great things in our ministry. We thank God so much recently for the way you helped us uh, put on a conference where hundreds and hundreds of pastors and leaders were blessed and they were helped uh, to learn more, to go deeper, to be touched and ministered to by the men of God that you sent. Pastor Francis was such a big blessing. I also enjoyed the university meetings. Those were wonderful meetings that we had. So thank you so much for uh, blessing us uh, through reaching us in all the ways you've done. You have been so good to us. Uh, now we are also helping the people in the north. We are helping them with food and you are doing that uh, through Children's Hunger Fund. We really appreciate you and we love you so very, very much. I bring greetings from the children's choir, which was here. They send greetings and they really love you so very much. They appreciate what you did for them while they were here. Actually, um, Freedom, you probably remember the short boy who was very, very lively. He lost his, his father three weeks ago, so please be praying for him. Uh, the rest of the young people are fine. And they're doing very well. They're growing. Uh, one of the major things that happened is that uh, they were changed when they were here in the United States. When they came back, they testified in the church. And um, that Sunday, we didn't have a preacher because they moved us so much. We just went on our knees when we heard how they were changed through coming here. Many of them now teach Sunday school. The teenagers are teaching Sunday school. They are involved in our Awana program for the children. They say, we saw the Americans serving, we must serve. The other thing that impressed them so much was that some people left their beds and they got the kids to sleep in their beds. They say, how can these Americans allow us in their beds? So thank you so much for that. The other thing that happened to them is that they saw America is very clean. So they said... We must have trash cans all around the church. <laughs> so we are working very hard on that. So they, they learned a lot. The other thing is that they are bigger, they look better, so I think you fed them a lot. So thank you. So they say hello to you, and uh, through that, we got so many children who were sponsored. When the choir was coming, we... We registered children in different locations where we planted churches because we wanted the, the model that God has done in Gaba and the, the village across the lake to be also in the other villages where we have churches. So as we speak today, uh, there are seven schools in total that are involved in our program and 1,600 children got sponsors in those villages. So thank you so much for what you did and what you're doing for our children currently. We really appreciate you and we love you. Uh, we are now building orphanage home number six. Thank you because of what you gave during the choir tour. We really appreciate that. 
and may the good Lord bless you so, so very much. Actually, the choir is coming back next year. Uh, it, it will be here around, I think it will be June, beginning of June or end of May. They will be in this area next year, so look out for them when they come. Uh, today I want to talk about prayer. And the way I feel talking about prayer is to talk about prayer as a lifestyle. Many people have uh, different opinions or feelings about what prayer is. Uh, people think uh, about prayer in sometimes in religious ways. Other people think about prayer in uh, mystical ways. Other people think prayer is not necessary. But if you are to understand prayer well, it's also important to understand who God is to you as a believer. In Uganda, we have Muslims. Actually, Uganda, we have like 14% Muslims. So there are so many of them. And I get to talk to them. But the way they look at God, they look at God as uh, someone who created the earth or the world and left it running and he sat there and he has nothing to do. He's kind of disconnected from the earth. So whatever you do is you just do it. And they don't have a concept of a personal God. That's the way they are. And, and I believe that there are some Christians who are like that. God is there. He's not personal. But also I found out that there are believers who look at God as, you know, he's a creator, yes. Jesus is my personal savior. But the way they look at God is that God is um, a very tough God. He's someone who is out there who is ready to punish you at any little mistake you do. So to them, God is an angry man who is ready to, uh, to reprimand anyone who does anything wrong. To them, they live in fear of God, not in respect of God. And this is a very common way of looking at God in Africa. Uh, I don't know, maybe because of our background. But then also other people have another way they look at God. To them, yes, God is a good God, but it's like God is a rich father who is ready to provide whatever I need. So to these people, if I have a need, I go to God. So, I pray to get that need. Now, if they don't have a need, then they don't need to talk to Him. So, they go to Him for the things He has to provide to them. Many people have that attitude about God. So, to them, it's, it's a God for me if I need something. When I don't have a need, I don't need to talk to God. But then I feel that every one of us needs to look at God as a father, a personal God, God who is personal, God who has a relationship, God who is interested in even the smallest areas of my life, God who wants to be involved in everything I do, and God who wants me to be involved in Him. I feel that should be the right attitude. Now, when we start thinking about prayer then, 
prayer is not just a sacrament. You know, I grew up in a, not growing up, but I went to a high school which belonged to Catholics. And we were required to go to Mass every day. I wasn't a Catholic, but we were required. And I wasn't a Christian, I didn't know the Lord. So every time we went to Mass, we would do whatever we do, but as soon as we started entering the church, we would change the way we walk, we would change, we would be slower, and as we prayed, we had a, a way we had to stand. There was a kind of look at God when you were in church. So, in our mind, prayer was a religious thing that I have to do when I go to church. Now, many people have that way of looking at prayer. Now, other people, in relation to what I said about God, when they think of God, they look at God as a solver of my problems. So, He's just a solver of my problem. He's not a relational God. So therefore to them prayer is asking, 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 asking. Worship is not so much a prayer. It is asking from God. I think that is a manipulative way of looking at God. Then other people, because of their look at God, they look at prayer as a command, a command that they have to obey. He is a tough God, so I must pray. If I don't pray, that angry God is going to get after me. And they say, I must pray for one hour. So it is so structured, they have to start at this time and they have to finish. Now the problem with that, it is so artificial. So people pray by the minute. If the minute, if the hour is gone, I have to get off. I pray for this time, I read the word for this time. It is so structured and so legalistic. But brothers and sisters, God desires a real relationship. He is a friend. He is a person who is interested in my life. Before I pray, God knows what I need to pray for, by the way. Because He's all knowing. He knows everything. Before you go to God, He knows. He knows what you need. Therefore, prayer is not just telling God who doesn't know. He understands. He knows what you desire. But prayer is going to God and spending time in fellowship with Him. Therefore, prayer is intimacy with God. It's friendship with God. There is a man that I love very much. Can you please go to the book of Genesis? Chapter 5. Genesis chapter 5, please. Verse 21. Genesis 5, 21. 
When Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah. And after he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Enoch lived 365 years. Enoch walked with God and he was no more because God took him away. The word that I want to emphasize there is that Enoch walked with God. Enoch walked with God. Now this chapter talks about other people. And many of them lived longer than Enoch. But these people are not even mentioned much except the name and the years they lived. In other words, it's not a matter of living long, but it is a matter of a life that has a relationship with God. He walked with God. I just want you to think about the word walking. He is walking and God is walking with him. He is having a relationship. So when I read this, I think about prayer. Prayer is a walk with God. It is companionship with God. Communion with God. Relationship with God. That's the way I think about prayer. It's not a task to accomplish. It's not a duty to fulfill. It is a walk with God. Actually, my greatest times of prayer are prayers when I walk. I love to do that. And as I walk, I just talk to God. I love that. I want to be able to slow down and just spend time with a person that I love so much. Abraham is also talked about in the Bible. Genesis chapter 18. Please just go ahead a little bit. Genesis 18. Verse 17. Every one of you knows Abraham very well. But in this chapter, there is a city called Sodom and Gomorrah. It is a city which had sinned a lot against God. Actually, there are two cities. And God up there in heaven was not very impressed. And he wanted to destroy these two cities. But it's so interesting that when it came to this time, God decided... To communicate. And this is what the Bible says. The Lord said. Shall I hide from Abraham. What I'm about to do. Now. God. In heaven. Is saying. I want to talk to Abraham. About what I'm planning to do. The Bible calls Abraham. A man. A friend of God. 
To Abraham, God was his big friend. And to God, Abraham was his friend so he could talk with him. So he says, I can't do this before I talk to my friend about it. Maybe he has some opinion about it. Have you ever looked at God that way? That's the way Abraham worked with God. And the Bible says, he goes to, God goes to him. And says, it is so bad. Actually, that is talked about in verse 20. He says, I've heard the evils of these people. I'm going to destroy this city. And then Abraham doesn't act like most of us would do. Would say, oh, if God, you've said it, that's it. Abraham goes to God and says, God, but what if there are 50 people who are not like that? Will you destroy the city? He says, oh, if there are 50, I am not. Then Abraham says, don't be angry with me, God. What if there are less people? He says, okay, how many? Can you imagine that discussion with God? God is personal. God wants to relate to us and us relating to him. God wants friendship with you and with me. So prayer is friendship with God. It's friendship with someone who loves you so very much. So he negotiated with God. That's what we call the prayer of intercession. He interceded on behalf of the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. It takes a relationship with God to pray a prayer of intercession. He knew God so much that he could talk to him and say, God, you can do this. You can change these people. You can help them. So I love this man. The other person who teaches me about prayer is King David. Now, every one of you knows David so well. He was such a wonderful man. But he was also a sinful man. The Bible talks about the time when David sinned against God. And I love Psalms 51. David was confronted by a prophet. And the prophet said, David, you have sinned against God. And he said, oh yeah, I have sinned against God. David did not run away from God. David knew that his help can only come from God. And he goes to God and says, God, I have sinned against you. It's you and you only that I have sinned against. And he said, God, do not take your spirit away from me. Because if you do, what can I do? I can't do without your spirit. He says, Lord, renew the joy of my salvation. Lord, create in me a clean heart. I can't do it, but you can. So David, when a hard situation came to him, went back to God. He did not run away from God. He was willing to go back to him. That's why the Bible says, 
He is a man after God's own heart. He had the right attitude about God. And he rest, God restored his relationship with him. Second thing about prayer. Prayer is the freedom to share our anxieties with God. Brothers and sisters, we have so many stressful situations. And I know in your great country here, there are the psychiatrists and counselors and those professional people make a lot of money. Because there are so many people who are stressed in this nation. There are so many problems and challenges and things that bombard us as people. And usually you don't know how to solve these problems. But if believers learned this thing called prayer, we would save a lot of money in our families. And would have less crisis in our lives. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, talks about this kind of prayer. Philippians, please. Chapter 4. This is a very common scripture. I believe every one of you knows it. But I love it. Philippians, please. Chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Do not be anxious about anything. Anxiety comes when you think that you are in charge. Anxiety comes when you think that you have been able to do it and things don't seem to work the way you wanted them to work. So you become anxious and you don't know what to do. But in prayer, we learn how to be dependent on God. In prayer we learn how to surrender our burdens and pains to God. Many of us carry so many burdens when we shouldn't carry them. We need to take them to God. Cast all your cares upon God. Because He cares for you. God desires for us to tell him what we are going through. And in prayer, we, not, we need not to be so religious that we can't share. Now, when I was growing up, I went to an Episcopalian church. We call it Anglican. And we had a book of prayer. Remember, Uganda was a colony of Britain. So the prayers we had, we had to pray for the Queen of England. And we had to read this prayer. 
And we prayed for things that someone 300 years before had written. It's okay to have a written prayer. But that, that prayer didn't apply to me, you know. So I read it and went. So at that time when I was young, I wasn't a believer then. I was a religious person. Prayer was that written thing that someone wrote for me to do. But prayer should be where you go and tell God what you are going through. The fears that are coming your way. The challenges that you are facing. The feelings that are deep within you. That's what prayer should be like. You can tell God how angry you are. You can tell God how fearful you are. You can tell God the things you failed. Because God understands. And as you do that, you surrender them to God and they are no longer yours. Someone said the problem half stated is half solved. State your problem to God and leave it with God. I was telling people here that I remember the time when I was very anxious. In 1996 is when we started building our church building, our church structure. For one and a half years, we, we were raising money to build this structure. And we had made, group, you, call them, you call them blueprints, we call them plans. And when I looked, they, the building didn't look very big. So for one and a half years, we raised money. It was 1.2 million shillings, not dollars. And that was equivalent to $600. Now remember, this is a big building. So the day came and we said, let us start building by faith. Let's start. So we called the builders and they dug the foundation. Now this foundation was so deep that the trench where the walls were passed that it was like one area it was four feet, another area was like eight feet. That very day when we started building, all the money was finished. And there was this big trench and when I went home, I got very anxious and very fearful. I started thinking what the people of the village are going to think. That they're going to say, these Christians, there is something wrong with their head. These Christians are crazy. And I didn't know what the believers are thinking at the time in the church. I felt so frightened. There was no money. We had finished everything. And there was this big ditch. This building was bigger than I thought. Our little plot was all finished. But you know what? After some time, I said, God, I can't just worry. Let me pray. And I remember passing down the floor of my bedroom, just talking to God. I said, God, I am frightened. I am confused. I feel foolish. And I took very long because that fear needed to be poured back to God. And I remember after some time of prayer, there's a certain peace that came 
and covered my heart. Went back, I was settled. Well, let me tell you this. It didn't take a day. It did not take a week. It took long. The rains came. They filled the ditches. I believe some people even laughed. But they didn't tell me. But God is amazing. Slowly by slowly, He started providing. Four years later, this building was finished. God solved the problem, not in my time, but in His time. But what He did, He settled my heart. And put, took away the fear and replaced it with peace. That's why verse 7 says, The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. So in prayer, God gives peace. God provides peace. The last thing I want to talk about is that prayer is waiting upon God. Prayer is waiting upon God. Remember, prayer is not just getting a fix to your problems, but it's a relationship. And relationships are not built by speed. Relationships are built by time. Isaiah chapter 40, please. Isaiah chapter 40. This is a a portion that most of you should know. Verse 29. He gives strength to the weary. He increases the power of the weak. Even the youth grow tired and weary. Isaiah chapter 40, for those of you who are not there yet. Verse 29. Even youth grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run, and they will not grow weary. They will walk and they will not faint. Verse 31, King James says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Most people don't love waiting. It is a very hard thing to think about. Especially in this United States. It's very hard. Your cars move very fast. (laughs) Everything is on time. There is always a rush to go somewhere and to get there. But I want to tell you something. God cannot be rushed. He needs you. He desires you. I was telling people here in the last service that 
A few years ago, I bought a microwave oven and I took it back home. Up to today, 99.9% of Ugandans do not know what a microwave oven is. I remember people coming to my house and they thought I had bought a TV from America. <laughs> but I'm amazed at the way this thing can cook in such a short time without fire. Some years back when I came here, someone put me in a car and we went to a place. We stopped in a car, spoke in a little microphone, ordered some food and then one minute later we went to another window <laughs> and there was food. <laughs> My brain asked me, when did they cook this food? Because that's not the way things happen at home. It takes time. You start cooking at six. When you are going to eat at one because you use firewood. But you know, everything is fast. I was telling people, these days you have what you call DSL, cable network. You know, you have all kinds of things. Now when you click onto the internet, you're just there. In Uganda, when you're downloading a file, you wait and wait and wait. We call it the World Wide Wait. <laughs> but these days it is instant and you're there. Now, we want to put God in that instant mode. But I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, God is not a machine. God is a friend. God is a person who is interested in being and walking with me. You remember what I said about Abraham? Do you remember that these three angels who represented God, do you remember that they sat with him and even cooked for them? you remember that? Do you remember when the Bible talks about Adam? That Adam, God would come and walk with him in the garden? That's how God is. He desires Time. He wants us to spend time with Him. You may say, what am I doing in prayer? Just be there. You know, when a young man is caught, you call it courtship, is in courtship, they spend so many Hours together. And many times you wonder, what are people talking about? But they just want to be there. They talk about nothing. But they talk. Back home in the village where I grew up, there's no cars, there's no electricity, there's no nothing. So when a young man was proposing, you know, the girl would be like two miles away. So when he visits, you walk and go and visit and you talk for two hours and then say, oh, let me accompany you. And you accompany each other for 
one mile and then you say, oh, it is too far, let me accompany you. So they just spend the whole evening just walking back and forth. <laughs> but what are they talking? They just want to be together. Now, that's what God wants, together with Him. Just be with Him and say, Lord, I love you. Lord, you are so good to me. Lord, you are everything to me. Without you, I can do nothing. And when you do that, God loves it. He desires it so much. God enjoys the praises of His people. He enjoys fellowship with us. And when we do that, God exchanges our weakness with His strength. He takes away our failures and gives us His abilities. God does what we cannot do in our lives. He changes us because the bit of Himself comes upon us and changes us. My prayer is that I will be a prayer warrior, a person who spends time. My prayer is that you and me will learn that fellowship of prayer. God bless you.